Hello, you're listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts. This time not live, this time it's it's archived. Um, this is a weekly New York Rangers podcast where I, Joe Fortunato, am joined as always by my co-host... Me. Me, Murphy. Um, and today we're joined by the elusive, akin to a rare Pokemon, Shayna, who we've Hi. been trying to get on the show and... Um, we couldn't, and then she went on another podcast, and now she's here. Shayna. Hi. I really like that intro. An elusive Pokemon. That's If Shayna was a Pokemon, she'd be a shiny. Do you know what that is, Joe? A hologram? No. I would be a shaman. Like a full art shaman. The podcast is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long. <laughs> 50, 50 seconds in the podcast uh, is ruined. Pretty good. Um, normally, we start off with some craziness, but instead we are going to uh, start off with even more craziness. And me, Murphy, has a game that he wants to play. That's right. Um, I want to preface this by saying I'm not doing a game show because Shayna happens to be a girl. and this is He's doing a game show because I'm a girl. God damn it, Shayna. This isn't one of those, like, oh, let's test a girl's hockey knowledge. I, Shayna is the person I ask every question to when I'm working on things. I don't ask Joe a goddamn thing because I know better. Also, Joe, I love Joe to bits, but uh, he's like he's like a turtle that's had severe head trauma in terms of his uh, general intelligence. But... Let's start. I, I would like all of show. you to know that over the past two weeks, Mike has broken my heart in different ways, about six different times. And uh, this is the culmination of all of that. I have no friends anymore. That's what that's what I'm learning today. You know what I learned is that you didn't invite me to your wedding. So me either. Um, me either. Shanna, I didn't even know you existed. I don't care. You should have predicted you were going to meet me and be like, oh, I should invite her and Mike together, and then we could be the three best friends that anyone could have, and now it's just me and Mike as the two best not, friends. not everybody has this amazing foresight about certain, we'll consider it milestone events in relationships and whatnot that apparently the two of you have. So I was unaware, <laughs> but outside of that and super sight Mike Murphy, um, I apologize. I guess I've wronged you all in different all right. ways. So... Uh, this is going to be called the Mike Murphy Rangers Trivia Extravaganza Showdown Hoedown Jamboree. I think and you could probably fit a couple more names in there. I could, but I want to keep I it think short. it was perfect, um, and this is why you've become Mike's enemy and I'm Mike's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, Joe, is this is just general Rangers knowledge. Some of it silly, some of it very specific. All of it will be judged by the masses. And I prepared nine questions, and the way this is going to work is you will each make a sound distinct to you. Uh, I would, Joe, I'd like you to pick your sound now. Bee boop. Okay, Shayna. Um, I gotta think of one. I guess um is her sound. Yeah, it's gonna be um. It's gonna. I'm just gonna lead okay. in on you know. So we have yeah. bee boop and, and um. um. So <laughs> what's gonna happen is I'm going to read a question. You will sound in. Um, and then here's the rub. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, it's minus a point. So if you don't know, it will hurt you. All right, so don't guess. Much like Joe has hurt me. Much anyway, like the SATs. Start. By the way, before we get into any of this, God damn it, Joe. I want you to know that I got your surprise question at the forum, correct? The Jody Shelley question? You did. That, uh, that was very good. 
Um, And also, this is terrible timing for this, but thank all of you who did come out to the forum. It was an unbelievably good time. Mike and I had an absolute blast. Tom was there. Shana couldn't make it, unfortunately, but um, we had a really good time. It was really good meeting a lot of you. Thanks to the Blue Shirts Breakaway guys for uh, throwing it and Ethan for moderating it from Gotham Sports. But honestly, it was so... Mike and I were talking after the show, and it's... um, this space can get a little negative if you understand what we're saying and normally you only hear from people who are mad about things and to meet all of you who came out and uh you know told us good things and you enjoy reading us and you enjoyed meeting us and you enjoyed the show that meant a lot to us so we're going to keep doing stuff like that i also want to say that uh only two people elected to say which podcast was their favorite and both of them said it was bantering the blue shirts so we won um the battle two to nothing and that's that. Thank you all for coming out. For those of you who couldn't and you want to, um, we're going to do more stuff like that in the future. And obviously, episode uh, 105 of our podcast is the Forum Live. It is a full two hours. Big thanks to Ryan Mead for, uh, for you know, going and editing that because there was a ton of sirens and ambulances and fires and horns and all that fun stuff and some feedback. But it's a great show. It was a great time. So thank you all, Mike. I apologize. Go ahead. You know, I don't ask for the spotlight a lot, Joe. And you just took it from me. And with that, let's play the game. Okay, our first question. Shana, I would suggest you unmute yourself. Uh, that's, so that I, that's a good idea. Uh, by having to click something. This is so, true. Prior to last season, when the Rangers missed the playoffs, who was the Ranger who led the Rangers in points the last time the team missed the playoffs? <laughs> the year was 2009. Be boop. Joe Fortunato. This may be stupid. Was it uh, Gabrick? Marion Gabrick is correct. It was 86 points. Joe. Oh, that, that was his monster year, huh? Has the lead. Wow. Question number two Ranger the Doggo has a pregame meal listed on his bio page. What oh my is that god. Meal? I don't know, and I'm not going to be a cheat and look it up. I don't know it either. I don't. Why don't I know this? <laughs> Can I add if they don't if they don't if they don't have this dog like drop the puck and like do like a lot of cute things this season? Yeah. I'm out. I need to find a new dog. team to cover. Up, be a sweet, sweet little puppy. Well, you could just follow the Islanders who did no. their own stupid dog. No, uh, it's, you know what, it's all fine. Every team can copy the Rangers if they're making service dogs. That dog is going to go off to Toronto soon anyway, like Tom said. That's right. Uh, he did that quick. That was, an, that was a good one. I'm not going to take an official guess, but it's probably something dog pun related with hockey. Uh, the answer would be peanut butter. Oh. Peanut oh. Butter. That's not at all what I thought it was going to be. Question number three. Who was the last Ranger to record a hat trick? Hmm. Oh, boy. That is a great question. These mm. questions are a little too hard. Well, it's not that they're a little too hard. It's just that we're... Oh, f- um... Ooh, was it VC? Shayna is correct. It's James oh, yeah. VC against the Carolina Hurricanes on March I didn't even 12th. know VC had a hat trick, so that's my knowledge. Yeah, he did. The third one, I think, was an empty netter, though, right? God, I, I think. Don't know that. Um, no, see, there you go. Mike is negative one points. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, let's see. 
Uh, you know what? I'll throw a bonus point out if you can name the ranger who did it before him. Chris Kreider? You didn't even sound in. Well, I'm correct, so... That was your guess and you were wrong. Shana? Damn it. It's no <laughs> punishment to get it wrong. Hmm. And it was this season. Uh, it may have happened last season, yes. May have. Mike is being very... Was uh, it JT Miller? No, but I respect your <laughs> guess more than Joe's. Uh, well, Crowder had a hat trick. Yeah. No, that, but his first one was a while ago. It wasn't against, like, Vancouver, like... The last four Rangers hat tricks... Grabner. James Vesey, Michael Grabner, Michael Grabner, and Chris Crowder. Ha! Ha! Look at that. Took you don't get the point, Shana. She well, I still the... thought of it after the fact, and you did she not. does get the bragging rights. Mm-hmm. This is a very specific and tricky question. Three New York Rangers goalies <laughs> have ten or more points in their careers in New York. So goalies who have points. Who are those goalies? So they got to be there for a long time to get 10 points. See, the funny thing is, Henrik Lundqvist is such a bad stick handler that I'm actually not thinking he's one of them, but he almost has to be. Because it's just one point per year, basically. Who has the courage to make their little sound first? If you you said outside Hmm. of Lundqvist, who was one goalie, I wouldn't even know the answer to that question. I would take the guess. Weeks wasn't here long enough. I'll say we'll go down. You only have to name two. Do I have a guess yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a no for me, dog. This is pretty entertaining podcast. This is the worst podcast we've ever yeah. done. 100%. I, don't, I don't know the answer either. Uh, my, right. my non-sanctioned guess is Lundquist is one of them. Uh, I thought Van Beesbrook into it. I was going to th- say Van Beesbrook or Richter. The answer is Van Beesbrook led the pack, then Richter, then Hank. Hank oh, has see, 11 assists in his right. career. Mm. Who the hell How many does Longquist have? 11. That's pretty wow. spectacular. He does this everything. Is, literally everything. I feel like this is a question you can both get right, but it it's, comes down to really who believes in themselves the most. Oh, Name six Rangers to wear a number in the 90s. Um, oh, no, Shane, crap. I heard the um first. No, I didn't mean it as my sound. I was just oh! thinking. <laughs> she, she loses a point. Shit. She loses a point. No, I didn't <laughs> answer. She loses a point. It doesn't matter. You know what happens on Jeopardy when you buzz in and you don't say anything? You lose the goddamn point. You know what, Shana? You have starting I can right name. Now, can I name three? Since seconds. No, you have can three. Can I name six. three? I, okay. Uh, Zabanjad, Yandel. Okay. And didn't Peter Nedved also wear 93? Yes. Okay, so that's three. That's three mm. guys who were 93. I mean... Yeah. I know the number 93 because, like, I wanted a 93 number jersey. I'm just waiting for this to you end. need three more. Oh. Um, there was a guy who wore it la- a number in the 90s last season. Did Georgiev? Did Georgiev? Uh, she's out. She's out. I don't think Georgiev did. I'm, Fuck. I'm sorry. Oh my god, That's we're just throwing the F word around. I'm sorry! Oh my god, <laughs> you're just, you're making it absolutely. And so, she said Zabanajad, she said Yandel. Yeah, Joe, um, you, and Nedved. Circle gets the square? Can you Peter steal, Nedved. This, steal this? Wayne Gretzky, how did you not guess Gretzky? Oh my god. That was a big one. <laughs> oh my god. Anderson Edom wore 93, didn't he? 
War ninety six. I'll still give it to you, even War ninety six. Those were the one. Those are the four, five. Wow. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm whoa, still whoa. leading. We have to stop, George. You have war ninety. Ha! I got four, and you only got two. Shana, I need two more. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Gretzky I, and Emerson Eaton. No, Shana, you can't say Gretzky because Joe said Gretzky. If Shane, wait, Emerson no, Eaton. Hang on, huge Emerson time out. Okay. No, I said Emerson Eaton first of all. Second of all, time out. If Shana makes her guess first and she's wrong, I can still use her guesses. I have to. No, but she wasn't wrong. George, you have his right. I you was right. You gave her 20 seconds, Michael. We all know how to count. Yeah, but he said mine was wrong and it was right and it should have yeah. bought me all the damn time afterwards. It's just another minus point for Mike, which I'll take. Shayna, I need one more. This is um, I am challenging this. You can challenge whatever you want. He's my favorite. Okay, we're racer. just we're sitting in silence at this point. I'm thinking. Mike, who is your favorite ranger to wear ninety while Shayna thinks for an unlimited amount of time? Shayna, I know you've written an article about this player this offseason. One more guy wore this number last season. Just do do Bugard. Bugard is 94. There you go. You know what, Shana? I'm going to give you a point, but it has a gigantic asterisk do next to it. Do and do I think that's okay. And there's someone else, and I'm trying to think. Like I'm like picturing it in my head. I know someone wore 97, and I literally do not know who. Ooh, Joe, do you know who wore 97? No, I'm not playing this question anymore. I was hurt. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It wasn't, it wasn't, 44 was Eminger. Eminger wore 44, he wasn't 97, but it was in the, like the same. You're in the right neck of the woods, yes. The Rangers who are numbers in the night. Matt Gilmore. Matt he was from, he's from Gilroy. like Belmore. Gil- oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Alright, are you proud of yourself, Mike, for what you've done George, today? Yeah. Because No one said Vlad Nemestikov. Uh, Marcus Nasland, Evgeny Grachev, Michael Nylander, the Mike Murphy favorite. Derek I forgot Bugard, about Nemesnikov. Emerson Edom, McElroy, and Wayne Gretzky. Those are the guys who wore a number in the 90s. So, Shayna is up 2-1 to one with a gigantic asterisk. Because she couldn't think of Wayne Gretzky. That's a now, big one. this next question, I feel like it's too hard. So, I'm going to say if you get within 5 of this number, you get the point. How many games did Steve Valaket start as a ranger? Within five? I'll, yeah, five, Joe. Just, uh, if neither of you want it, just say nope. 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 The answer is 27. 27. Oh, my, my guess was going to be way wrong. I was going to say 23, so I guess I would have gotten the point. You would have 100% gotten the point. I would have guessed in the 40s. What is Mike's SB Nation avatar on Blue Shirt Banner? <gasps> Um, isn't it the little, it's a little figure. It's, it's like a little ranger figure thing. Like a Lego. One, Shana. It is a Playmobil figure holding a match from when Playmobil offered me free figurines to write an article. And I said, the cost of my work is equal to the cost of a set of Playmobil rangers figurines. Um, next question. Who was the tallest ranger on the 1994 cup team? Mm. See, the problem is I get hurt if I'm wrong. Yeah, but you're losing. Well, I don't know if I'm really losing because on the moral stand, uh, I should have won the she's 90s up, point. At the very least, she's up 2-1. to one. Mm. I'm up 3-1. to one. Like, come on. But I do not know the answer to this. I, I, I definitely don't know the answer to the heights of the players. I was 1. I don't know this. Uh, I guess I'm going to take a logical guess, Bee Boop. 
Okay, Jeff. Is it Bookaboom? Joe Fortunato, nothing but net. Jeff Bookaboom, six foot five. We have a three to two ball game. Well, three, we two to two ball game. Three to two. <laughs> three to two. two to, Don't be two sour two. grapes. This is one of my favorite pieces of Rangers trivia. If either of you get this, you've automatically won the game. It's like Quidditch. The rules are pointless. Okay. Roman Nadur played 31 games for the Rangers in the 1998-1999 season. What country was he born in, Joe? And Shayna? I have no idea. If you get the continent right, you get one point. If you get the country right, it's three points. Uh, I didn't even know he was a ranger. Yep. So there's that. So what we learned today is that Mike is, would be better at Rangers Trivia Pursuit than either of you. Well, well, you also came up with both of the questions and mm-hmm. were a ridiculously corrupt judge. Yeah, but I didn't have to look up a lot of these. Well, I, I look didn't look up any of them. All right, what's the answer to that one, champion? Nigeria. Really? Oh. Yeah. Would have never guessed that in a million years. All right, and you know what? I feel like we need a fun... A fun way to end this. So, we're going to go specifically to last season. And Shayna is up 3-2. to two, So, we're going to do... 2-2. Two 3-2. Two. Two to two. <laughs> it's 2-2 two to two with the three asterisk. To two. The large asterisk. Do you want me to be nice to you the rest of this podcast? No, because you're, you're mean to me all the time. So, at this point, I am not mean to you. I'm I am so I not go, mean to you. I go home you. and I just cry in my bed. And my wife is like, you what's know? wrong? And I have to explain how another woman... <laughs> Who I'm not in a relationship with has upset me to this point. That's what no, but like that's that's normal. That's definitely normal. Are you calling me an emotional human being? No, I'm saying like you get someone's mean to you and they're not your wife. Like people are going to be mean to you. I, I don't even want to continue this conversation. That's how much it upsets me, Michael. You know what? I came in to Blue Shirt Banter with the promise of tacos. Never got them. Wow. So like, you, but I didn't make I'm the promise. The starving. promise was a The promise no, was made but by like, other people. I haven't eaten since I joined Blue Shirt Banter, and I'm starving. All right. Well, you know what? I'll have to explain to Kaylin why she doesn't get any milk. So that oh, I here we tacos. go. There it is. Here we go. It's provided by Mammary Glands. I almost said something different that I would have regretted. <laughs> I wish you. I wish you. Were you gonna said say it. like oh. udders? No, I was gonna say boobies, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Joe's wife in that manner. Anyway, next question. Uh, our favorite stat, plus minus. Which ranger had the worst plus minus last season? Oh, that's a great question. Who would have had the worst plus minus last season? Because my initial guess is going to be somebody who's no longer on the team. But it would probably need to be somebody who was there for long enough Shana's because... Back. No reason to guess and risk the point, folks. This all comes down to... A, what oh, is this the final do. question? If you, if you get this, we go to an extra inning. If not, it's Shayna is the queen. Well, then I, if I have to guess, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and beboop myself into Ryan McDonough? The answer, Joe. It's Brady Shea. Uh, I, was I was thinking Zabanajad, and I'm like, there was definitely, like, I don't, yeah, like, he was Zibanejad low. Was second worst oh, on the I was way off. I knew it had to be a defenseman of some sort, but I figured it was McDonough. because Shea was, was on the bottom of a lot of stats, so I was like, eh. But, like, I was thinking Zabanajad, because I remember McDonough. seeing, like, oh, wow, he scored a lot. But McDonough led the team in block shots in 49 games. Hmm. 
<laughs> well, without Girardi, he needed so, somebody there. congratulations to Shayna Goldman, uh, well, writer for The Athletic, Blue Shirt Banner, Hockey You'll be cast, hearing from my lawyer. Uh, owner of a celebrity dog. Mm-hmm. Pretty much superior to Joe in every way. And you know what? Joe, you can take the rest of the show off. Uh, we've and you know what else, Joe? I managed to win that while knitting. Just now. Wow. You also cheated. I did not cheat. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. I'm not I taking named four any, players. You, just, you only named I'm two. Gonna, That's I'm an just, automatic W for me. Four just, is bigger than the two. False is just, I'm a bad host. I didn't check the Georgie of ninety. That was on me. But then again, Shana definitely went past her the time allotment that I gave her, which and named was, more players. Let's that, that, see. That named sounded more like players. two things that Shana was supposed to be doing that she didn't. So I named four players. You named two. He stopped me midway through my and then response I named another to go one. back to you. I named a fifth. He. I couldn't answer the this question legally. Be, mm. This wouldn't be. This would be like Jeopardy if all, everybody was on crack cocaine and the, they were just answering questions at random with no rules. And that's not the world that we live in. Well, then why don't you host better show? I didn't think of it. Mike is more creative than I am. And I hate that I had to give him a compliment for how our relationship has deteriorated. Don't. All right. So Shana wins. Shana's better than me. We knew that was going to happen. Shana should also mute her microphone so that you don't hear the terrible. uh, It is not. Not the knitting. It's the the echo. The echo. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, It is the sound of victory. Sure. It's the. The sick sound of cheating victory. Right, We're going to move on to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks our regularly scheduled programming, correct. Our particularly well scheduled programming, which is really the only bit of Rangers news that we have, which is Traverse City, Michael and Shayna. Yeah, Traverse so... City. So. Starting this Friday with a game against the, the babies of the Dallas Stars, is how the. Uh, the baby stars. Yeah, the baby stars. Uh, and. As for those who don't know, Traverse City is three games of a round robin. The Rangers are in the uh, son of a bitch. I think it's the Gordie Howe division or the Ted Lin- It's one of the two. They're in the division of a famous old Red Wing. And what happens is you play uh, those all the teams in the two divisions play each other. There's four teams in each division. And then for that fourth, the fourth game of the tournament is the one seed of Division 1 plays the 1 seed of Division 2, the 2 seed of Division 1 plays the 2 seed of Division 2, and so on. Uh, typically, the Rangers do pretty poorly at Traverse City. Then again, they haven't had any prospects that were worth a damn. And that's no longer the case, Joe. I'm. This is the first time in a while I've actually given a damn about Traverse City, to be frank. Well, the the question I was going to throw to both of you, and I guess we can start with you, Mike, and then we'll we'll jump over to Shayna. Outside of Anderson and Heedle, because they're the obvious... Right Just go ahead and make sure to say Shayna, who has bested me this day. Um, outside of Shayna, who has bested me this day by <laughs> cheating, um, who between Philip Heedle and... And or excuse me, who outside of Filipino and Leah Anderson are you most excited about? That's it. Uh, my gut keeps telling me I want to really see Vili Meskinen and Michael Lindquist kind of take over because they have the experience playing against men in the Liga and the SHL, uh, you know, respectively. And I would be pretty upset if they didn't kind of stand out, considering their age compared to a lot of the kids there. And considering, you know, that they're both kind of... It feels like they both could be third liners in the NHL as, like, a kind of reasonable ceiling for them. And, uh, yeah, those are the two guys 
I'm definitely most curious about. I want to watch them really succeed, but I'm also going to be playing or paying a really close attention to Howden. Um, I'm I'm getting a little swept up in Howden because I don't feel Howden like mania. Yeah, he doesn't get talked about enough, really. And we talked and, about him on the forum, Michael. I know, but I, I don't feel like he gets as much. Well, that that was more really attached to the whole idea, like. You know, all he can be is a third-line center in the NHL. Like, that was his ceiling, which is not fair. You know, he, he could be a lot of things. But, like, he's a safe bet to end up being at least a third-line center. And that's what made him so valuable in that trade coming back. Uh, I really like his game from what I've read and seen and watched. And I want to get a better idea of what he looks like compared to some of his peers. Shana, your favorite prop prospect that is not Fiedel or Anderson who has beaten me this day go ahead um I'd finish her before I unmuted sorry um well I Shana do you knit on the other podcasts you go on like hockey PDO cast and no uh on blue shirt breakaway I did but on hockey PDO cast like I was so nervous and trying so hard not to curse so I was like do not be distracted do not like get comfortable like just like focus and do because I was like I'm gonna curse and I don't know if I can. So you don't try as hard for us? Is that what you're saying? No, but like I'm like more relaxed. I'm like hanging out with you guys, you know. Like I'm at home here. This is like this is like my podcast home. I don't know how to take that, Mike. I feel I like feel it's an hurt. insult. Also, you guys hurt. say I'm allowed to curse, so I don't have to like. I, I feel like she's like, oh, I cry really hard on the PDO cast, and no. here I'm just like, ah, screw these guys. I can do whatever I want, like cheat. You know what, guys? I did not mean it that way. I no, genuinely that's how both apologize. Of us took it. You both you, have you said I can curse on here, and I know you both do. I don't think he has. Well, I don't really curse. Mike just throws in the F word every now and again. And for the first time, the, the forum I marked as explicit because it had to be because there was so much swearing. But somebody actually gave us a negative review on iTunes because he was trying to listen to the show with, I guess, his grandson and was not prepared for the cursing. I don't think we curse that much, but I, I guess I we do. are PG-13. So I, I try not to, but I do. And also, think about it, though. When I was on the PDO cast, it was just me talking about the Rangers. Like, here, it's like, it's three people that know what they're talking about. So, if I don't know something, like, you guys do like that, it's like... Sounds like they're way better than we are, apparently. No, I'm saying that you guys, you know, we get to, like, bounce off each other. Like, I'm trying to be nice and compliment you here. Just accept it. She's trying to be nice, even though she's on... She comes on our show, she beats you, and she beats Dmitry Filipovich more. I do not put words in my mouth. Mike, you are my favorite person ever ever on a podcast i am right here joe you're just fine don't worry <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i'm just gonna mute my microphone and you can just you can just tell answer my question okay Who do you want oh right the prospect that one yeah um well i happen to agree with you my best friend mike about howden i'm i'm really curious to see if Leas, Heedle, and then Howden all get to center their own lines because we've heard so much about maybe throwing one of them on wing. So if we could see all three of them play center and all three of them play in different roles and kind of just see what you're going to get from each of them and all the dimensions you can get. I mean, it's a small view of the tournament, but, you know, um, that would be interesting. And I'm really curious to see what Sean Day does because I feel like he's someone that when he was drafted, the expectations were high with the whole exceptional status thing and... I feel like he really has tried and grown over the years, and I want to see him get there. I want to see him, you know, 
excel in this, play in the AHL, and eventually join the Rangers. So that's who I pick. Who would you pick, Joe? Um, still hurt. Um, it is worth noting that the Rangers brought five centers with them. They brought Anderson, Heedle, um, Fontaine, and Howden, along with Kyle Potts. Not really a hockey name, but Kyle Potts. Let's figure out where uh, good old Kyle is from, because this is the worst podcast of all time. Um, Kyle Potts. The game show was great. You know, Adam said something earlier, like what players, the question what Rangers would fit into Beauty and the Beast. Kyle Potts fits right in there. Mrs. Potts' son. Chip. He's Chip. Chip, that's correct. Kyle Potts is a center from the OHL who had 25 points in 61 games last year. I have, hey, he okay. had two goals in five playoff games. Yeah, right. So he's there just because they were like, ah, if somebody blows a ligament or something, God he's forbid. He's a big boy. Um, so assume that Anderson, Heedle, and, and Howden are going to get their own line. Fontaine has his spot locked up in Hartford as a defensive center, which is fine, and he's a guy who may actually get um, a little bit of a look in the NHL this year. I will agree with both of you that Howden is somebody that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a crazy answer here. I don't think there is a single prospect who has jumped up more boards than Joey Keane since he's been drafted. He was dominant at the Four Nations tournament. He showed off for, um, I think it was the World Juniors uh, tryout tournament. And even guys like Corey Pronman are like, wow, this kid is really showing something. I think he was one of, like, I think he was in the top five of OHL defensemen at 5v5 points last year. So he's going to get power play time this year. I'm just, he looks like a great selection by the Rangers. Um, And I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. He's already done so much this summer that I am really stoked to see what he does in Traverse City. Because the thing to remember about Traverse City, there's not a ton of defensive, like, intelligence, if you will. Um, The systems are really simple. Nobody's ever played with each other before. Like, this would be a great tournament for Ryan Lindgren or Lieber Hayek. What'd you say? I think it's also like four games in five or six days. It's- yeah, it's a lot. And like like I was saying, a guy like Lindgren who kind of needs to show off his defensive abilities, this is not the tournament for him. Um, Hayek, who's a great two-way guy, this is not really the tournament for him. Um, these guys, you're looking for the offense. So Tyroning is there. I'm sure he wants to make a good you know, impression on everybody. I think um, Lindquist and uh, Meskinen are obviously two of the big ones because they could theoretically have a shot at the Rangers this year and Sean Day because we've heard so much about him he's kind of moved up and down the rankings a little bit I think Adam kind of poured some water over the the fiery hot embers of hope when it came to to Sean Day but um, yeah there's a lot here to like and I'm actually like Mike said I'm a little excited for the the Traverse City this tournament not just because it means that hockey is coming back and the Rangers are coming back, but because the reality of the situation is there's actual prospects. I mean, Anderson, Heedle, Day, Fontaine, Gettinger, Hayek, Howden, Keen, I guess you could put in that category, Lindgren, Lindquist, Meskinen, uh, Ronning, that would probably be it, are yeah, legitimate prospects in the system. Great. Yeah, but Brodeur is, what is it, his son? Yeah, Jeremy Brodeur is... Jeremy Brodeur. Second son. First son was drafted by the Devils. By him. Third team at the Traverse City Tournament. He's trying to get a contract, so... Yeah. Unlike his father, who eats an insane amount of krill. 
He's obviously not that good. Let's look up Jeremy Brodeur's stats and see what we're dealing with here. 1996 birthday. He's older, 21. Uh, not good. Wow, not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. He's a free agent, um, but... Yeah, ECHL, I mean, he played 39 games. He had a 917 save percentage, 3.15 goals against average. So... And then somehow in the playoffs, he played one game. He had a zero save percentage, but a zero goals against average. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. Did he not face any shots? He didn't face any shots when he came in in relief, Joe? I, I guess. That's another point for Shayna. You've lost by even more points. I, I'm, I've completely removed the fact that your game exists in my head. It's gone. We should, really, we should really do that. Like, make a Jeopardy board, though. We all have our own questions. And then, like... We, like, do the damn thing. Yeah. Do the damn thing. Uh, Mike, what else about Traverse City did you want to talk about? Well, there's, I mean, in addition to the idea of getting to look at, you know, all the guys we talked about, I think, like you said, this is a great opportunity to kind of get an idea of, like like you said, you got to keep the, the systems really simple. I think the Rangers practice something like 1030 um, on that Friday, and then... Uh, their game, I believe, is 7.30. I might be wrong about uh, those times, but like like you said, it's so fast and loose that you want to see the guys who can really skate and have that kind of natural ability and instinct take over. And that's why I'm kind of hoping... We've already had, like, you know, the, the Philip Heedle show, but I definitely wouldn't mind seeing Heedle just take over this tournament. Um, you know, the Rangers have... A very good group, obviously in net, uh, not so great, but in just in terms of how much potential is there for guys to really do damage among the forwards, um, it's really exciting. And I think Sean Day is a great pick. Um, I think was that you, Shana, who picked Sean Day? The yes. cheater, yes, it was. Um, <laughs> the cheater. Day, so bitter. You know, he's in a really tough spot now, um, just because. You know, apparently this offseason we've heard, like, he's in the best shape he's been yet. Um, and all, all the things you kind of want to hear, but also they're all the things you kind of expect to hear of a guy who's, you know, trying to kind of claw his way up the depth chart and impress upon the front office that he could be a part of the solution here. But, you know, because of just the influx of all these defensive prospects, I mean, a lot of the guys that we're so excited about aren't in Traverse City. You know, Keandre Miller isn't here. Igor Rykov isn't here. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, the the other Lundqvist isn't here. I always forget his first name. Um, you know, Niles. Niles. Point uh, for Joe. Oh, point for Joe. Still losing. Um, and your baby's crying. You she is. Lose. She's upset about you something. Yeah. So there's. Maybe there's she's a- upset you lost. <laughs> no, she's she's used to that from her father. If I won, uh, she would be absolutely shocked. <laughs> You know, Sean Day is an interesting thing in terms of a player who I think when drafted, everybody was like, hey, listen, this is a guy that could legitimately become a Victor Hedman, right? Like he has all those tools, um, but he's never been able to put it all together. And, And last year in the OHL, he had the type of overage season that you would expect from a guy of that type of level. I mean, he got traded to Kingston halfway through the year. He had 26 points in 23 games. Then he had 14 points in 16 playoff games. He skates like the wind. He's enormous. Um, But the thing about Sean Day is that even though you're dealing with a 20-year-old, you're not really looking for him to make an immediate impact right now because he needs to spend a year or two in Hartford. 
So yeah, in yeah. in this case, this is a chance for him to just get off on the right foot. Same with Ty Ronning. It's the same exact deal. Ryan Lindgren, you can throw him in that category too. Um, Tim Gettinger, another one I think in my, uh, like, what does Traverse City mean to the Rangers who are attending? I had everybody in kind of like this, this like, into these tiers. And Lindgren, Ronning, Day, and Gettinger, the four AHL-bound players who are, they're looking to start building their professional careers. And they're all starting in the AHL for the first time. So, you know, Ronning had a little bit of experience last year and so did Lindgren, but these guys are, they need to get that jump start. They're not going to make the team. They might hang around in training camp a little bit, but they're not making the New York Rangers. And I think everybody involved knows it. So you, you just want to get that hot start. And something that we talk a lot about is sample size, right? You can't take anything from this tournament. If a guy does great, great. If a guy does bad, okay. It is what it is. You'd much rather see, like, if Heedle, I think, is anything other than dominant, yeah, I guess you could be like, wow, I expected more from him. Same with Anderson. But for anybody else, it is what it is. And you can't be too hyped or too disappointed. I don't care if Heedle scores 40 goals in these four games. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's as you get into training camp and as you get into the preseason, that's where it matters. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I agree. That there's there's plenty. Probably one of the reasons I guess I'm so excited about this year's tournament as opposed to, you know, the previous few years is there are so many things to keep an eye on. Like in your story, you know, you you mentioned, you know, even someone like you know Gabriel Fontaine, who's just someone we don't talk about enough. But like, he's another guy we would like to see him do well here. And you know, there's there's kind of a storyline. There's going to be a guy to watch that you care about pretty much on every defensive pairing in every line. Um, the goaltending is going to be what it is. It's, you know, Mark Tamberder's kid and Chris Nell. So there's not a lot to see there, but hopefully it's going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, assuming that everything stays the way we expect it to, these games are going to be able to be watched on Fox Sports Go. So we can actually watch Rangers hockey this week. Shana, your final thoughts on Traverse City? Um, I agree with everything that you guys just said. And I think, and I'm going to assume this, I would guess Adam gifs this too because he's gifs like a lot of the prospect things. So if we don't all get to watch, I would assume that we will still see some sort of highlights and I would bet he writes something up on it too. So Is this going to make me a moron? Is it? Is it gif? I th- always thought it was gif. I, was, the, I, I don't the know. The inventor of the thing calls it gif. Most people call it a GIF, but the, the person who invented it calls it GIF. I, I always went with GIF, and like I feel like I've just like been like stuck G- in my ways. GIF is a peanut butter. It is. No, that is Jiffy. A damn good peanut butter. No, GIF is a peanut butter. Oh, no, no, it's just Skippy. Yeah, you're thinking Skippy. GIF is mother, yeah. kid tested, mother like approved, or something. Smooth. I get Skippy more often. They have that like you get the giant two pack at Costco. Yeah, and you get like. A year's worth of peanut butter? Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, depending on how many apples you slice up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I believe triple A peanut butter and jellies. Skip makes the greatest peanut butter. Skippy makes the greatest peanut butter of all time. The honey roasted nut peanut butter. I have to try that. It is in the orange container. It is honey roasted peanuts. It is delicious. I had... Just, oh, sorry. Go. No, I was just going to say I was say something stupid about how it's just a touch of honey with your peanuts. <laughs> I tried uh, Walmart brand peanut butter. It was kind of out of desperation, and I 
so regretted it and like every day I was eating it. I'm like it's just not awful, but like it's just not good. So don't You didn't don't give do any it. to Zuki, right? Zuki hates peanut butter. Oh, that's interesting. Stanley's allergic to peanut butter, but the name brand peanut butters have a chemical in it that begins with an X that is like chocolate to dogs. They can't like xylophone. They can't. It is definitely not xylophone. They can't like process Anthrax. it, so it it hurts them. So just keep that in mind. You know, you yeah. want to use your gifs and your maybe it's not maybe it's not non name brand. It's just um, sugar free. Maybe. Oh no, that or? makes sense. They have that with like a, a sugar free jellos. But no, she she hates it. So she'll eat it. Like if you have um, a nutter butter, she will attack you for it. But we had it. We couldn't feed her because she was getting a test done. And she couldn't eat for like 12 hours before it or maybe even longer. And she was absolutely starving. So we, I made like a peanut butter sandwich and it was on white bread. And I like leaned down and offered it to her. And she went on the other side of the room and like growled at me and stared angrily and wouldn't eat it. Wouldn't anything. And this dog was like starving. Nothing. Huh. That's interesting. Well, it's xylitol is the chemical that is bad for your dog. So don't give your dog yeah, anything. Not xylophone like the musical instrument. You son of a bitch. Negative one points. Um, all right, so we've discussed the prospects that are hanging around in Traverse City. Um, I don't it's, – it's hard because it is like the first look at a lot of these guys, specifically Hayek, Cowden, who have not played in the system yet um, but have came over in trades. I mean, you get to look at Nico Gross, woohoo. Um I don't know. His parents I, are probably excited. Don't be a dick. I, I guess they are excited. They should be excited, but he's not an NHL defenseman, I don't think. Uh, anyway, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot to be excited about. It, and as much as we're all in enveloped in this reality of, well, the Rangers aren't going to be good next year, and some projection models have come out, and the Rangers are not going to be good next year, it's just exciting to get hockey back. Um, I truly believe that. Should we go to questions, Michael? Yeah, let's go to questions, Josephs. All right, we're going to go to questions. Shannon, leave yourself muted until uh, you have to answer the question, and this way we won't get any of that terrible feedback. Ranger Pup. <laughs> Sorry, I had to add a spice. Just, okay, that's wonderful. Ranger <laughs> Pup Fan. Assuming Krofstoff continues his progression at the current pace and doesn't regress significantly, what would be a realistic time frame for us to see him on Broadway? Do you expect to see significant AHL time before making the big club full-time? Before I answer this slash throw this off, and Shana, you're answering it first, son of a bitch, is Kravstov had, uh, I think it was today, was his second pre- or second regular season game in the KHL, and he was a damn monster. He didn't put up any points, but he was a monster. Um, he didn't play a ton in the first game. He had just been coming off the Four Nations tournament, and he was tired. But today, he was awesome. So, based on how dominant he was in the Four Nations and based how good he's been in the preseason for the KHL, I don't think we're seeing that that significant regression. Um, a little programming note in this regard, if that's even the right word, not really. Kravstov is a free agent at the end of the KHL season this year, which is usually what, Mike? Close to April, right? I'm not Russian, Joe. I don't know. Okay, that's a negative one point for Michael. Um, I think it's March-ish because that was when Tolvanin was able to come over to Nashville. So I do think you will see Kravstov. I'm sorry. sorry. You will see Kravstov here this year. 
I just don't know if it'll be at the NHL or the KHL level. If the Hartford Wolfpack are in playoff contention, he'll probably go there to get actual playoff experience. But the Rangers don't care about this season, so you may as well bring him straight up. Shayna, you can uh, join in now. Okay. Um, I'm going to agree with you on like a lot of that. I think that there's a chance we see him this year. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets the nine games next year. Because he looks like he's... Um, Sorry, lost my train. <laughs> he looks like he I can. But she doesn't do that on the hockey PDO cast. Oh my god, I totally did and repeated myself a million times. But anyway, he definitely looks like he can be a threat at the NHL level offensively. And I mean, he had some really good defensive plays as well. And I know everyone's going to complain about that side of his game, no matter what. But I think that they don't have someone like him right now. They don't have as great of like wing or depth. So if next year. You know, they don't, again, look super competitive. They have the openings, and it would be in his best interest, and they have a spot at least on the second line, I would say. I don't think they're going to bring him in and be like, hey, here's, like, crap minutes on the third line. I I can see, like, him getting time at the NHL level to at least experience it, see how he does, and whatever, before they make, like, a final decision for the year. I think it would be crazy not to give him the at least nine games if he does, if he is here next year. What do you think, Mike? I like all the things you said. I don't have a strong opinion on when we expect to see him or, or like what we should kind of project. I feel well, like, you're going to see him this year for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm all about, you know, Kravtsov watch and being excited about him. But I, I always just want to remind folks, these are just babies. Let it, let it happen when it happens. Let it, let it unfold naturally, especially with these guys who, you know, have obligations in Russia like you said he's a free agent at the end of the season so you know that's not really an obstacle but uh, you know I'm I'm just excited to watch him I'm more I'm paying much more attention to what his role looks like this season in the KHL Um, especially because I think we're expecting him to kind of end up on his team's third line being like a middle six winger which is fine because you know he's still young and there are you know there are veterans on that team um, who, you know, want to be in those scoring scoring roles more than he is for Tractor. But I, I just want to see him build specifically off of, you know, that crazy performance he had in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I'm not too worried either way. I'd love I'd love for us to get a little taste of him uh, in Hartford uh, at towards the end of the year. And like Shana said, I think it would be great to give him the you know, the nine games next season. I, I'm the more and more we see and learn about Vitaly Kravtsov, the more I like, the less issue I have with taking him instead of Wallstrom. Um, you know, he does, like Shana said, he, he checks off the boxes for what the organization needs the most. They need a, a top six dominant scoring winger, a guy who can really you know, change the flow of the game, be a game breaker, the guy who can take the big shot, who sets up on the power play, you know, who's just a nightmare matchup one-on-one, and that's that's what he is. That's what he has the potential to be. So I'm he's getting for what comes next. He's getting second-line minutes right now, and, and he's it looks like he's, you oh, know... is that the case? I had heard differently. A while. Well, it, you, you heard differently from the first game because he was exhausted, but okay. um, Alex Nunn seems to believe that he's going to be getting nothing but... Uh, top six minutes moving forward, that second line role, which is exactly what the Rangers need. And unfortunately, the Rangers don't really have any 
say in this matter. He had to go back to the KHL, and I, I'm really beginning to wonder if that would have been the case if the KHL didn't make such a big deal about um, that contract because it really did seem like the Rangers thought he was going to be here. So he wants to come to New York. He wants to be here. He'll be here at the end of the year. We'll see where that, you know, where that comes in. Um, Alex Khalifa. I read a piece on The Athletic, not by Carp or Shayna, projecting Michael Lindquist on the Rangers' fourth line. Is this a likely scenario? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, especially considering you, you got guys like Matt Bileski who are going to be fighting their way for the fourth line that have actual experience. Um, Lindquist is a he's a goal scorer. Um, so is Meskinen in terms of just you need those guys to be in offensive roles, and they're simply not if they're on the fourth line. Now, at the forum, and I apologize for continuing to go back to that, we talked at length about whether or not we would want to see a guy like Anderson on the fourth line. But I think we all landed on the fact that the New York Rangers don't know what they have in David Quinn yet, right? Like Quinn, maybe like AV and that the fourth line doesn't play. He might be like his own coach where he does roll four lines. But even so, I just don't know if it makes sense to put somebody that you have an offensive desire for on that fourth line. And I think I'm going to stick with that unless Quinn shows me something differently. Michael? Yeah, I feel like it's the odds are against him. And it's not, you know, it's there is really kind of a game of musical chairs with that bottom six, right? It gets, there's plenty of question marks specifically with what happens with Bolesky. Um, but then again, there's also, you know, if you try and project what that bottom six is going to look like, it gets tricky in a hurry because you have to kind of figure, all right, well, Jesper Fast is going to be there. Um, the Rangers re-signed Cody McLeod. None of us really expect him to be in the lineup. You know, VC has to be either on that second line or that third line. And, you know, a lot of what happens with the wingers is also kind of dependent and attached to what they want to do with the philosophy of the fourth line, like you mentioned with uh, Joe, with Quinn and what he expects out of his fourth line, but also, you know, how he wants to, to stack the centers on the team. Is is the fourth line going to have Leas Anderson on it? Because if it does, then I think, like, Lindquist's chances are much better. But it is also important to, you know, point out, in addition to, you know, Joe, you saying he's, you know, very much kind of a, a sniper and offensive player, He's also undersized by NHL standards, and that you know, obviously, you can be undersized and still be effect and still be effective in the NHL. One need only look at Jesper Fast, but if if Quinn wants a more kind of traditional energy line, guys who can go out there and skate and you know take the body and, and do things like that, he's really a poor fit um, in that regard. I, I don't think it's very likely we'll see him in a fourth line that looks like that. If he wants a fourth line that can skate and put pressure on, yeah, he could be there. But it is very tricky because of the numbers game. Um, you know, right now, excluding, you know, Heedle and Anderson, the Rangers have 12 forwards, you know, just looking at cap friendly under contract for next season. Uh, that includes Cody McLeod and that includes Peter Holland. So, and that does include Matt Bolesky. So if you add Philip Peedle and Leas Anderson into that group, you know, you're talking now about a group of 14 forwards, you know, even if you bump 
uh, McLeod and Holland down, that's still a lot of competition for uh, Lindquist. That includes, actually, Vili Meskinen. So, um, and, you know, Bunievis is in there, and he's another guy who might challenge. Vinny Lettieri might challenge. The, it's, it's pretty tough, uh, but a lot of it, like I said, is going to come down to how Quinn wants to use that fourth line. Shana, words, make? Um, I'm going to agree. It's all about what that fourth line is going to look at because we don't know. I think he could be a better option than other players who maybe aren't the most effective on the fourth line that maybe we saw do it last year. Not very well. But um, it, it definitely comes down to how they do in training camp too and, and in preseason and if they show what they can do on you know North American ice and everything like that. I think that if they got time in Hartford and then maybe came up and like we're filling holes and on the third line if uh there are injuries that might be a better fit for them but I'm yeah it all depends on what Quinn does with this fourth line and if a guy like Matt Bolesky can come in and be effective and still be that I don't want to say that threat because I really don't like believe in that role so much that deterrent but it he's that grinder on the fourth line that it seems like so many teams want instead of the player like McLeod, and he's just, like, outright the more effective option, like, it might be better for them to go see where that can go because you kind of have to figure that out, like, now. Um, But, yeah, I I think that they might be cut out for other roles unless the Rangers are really going for that scoring, skilled fourth line. But uh, then I would expect a different line to be more of that, like, shutdown line, which I guess you could have on your third line, maybe if it's like Leas and Faust and um, maybe even Nemestikov. I feel like he could play that style if they needed him to. But yeah, if I had to choose though, I would totally go with more of a skilled fourth line, but I'd want them to be like defensively responsible. And I'm not sure how much they fit that yet. Uh, my favorite fourth line like recent years was the Faust, Gravner and Lindbergh one where all three can score, all three can play offensively and transition and all of that, but they're all strong defensively, so you don't just have a, a shutdown line that shuts down your own offense while they're shutting down the opponent's offense. Joe, we also you're the don't. coach. What's your fourth line? You're asking me? Yeah, I said Joe. Oh, I, I missed the first coach. part of it. Uh, I also don't know what my name is. I think... That's fine. It's either Fontaine slash Nieves. I think I would go Bolesky and Fast. Because the the point that I was going to make about Meskinen and Lindquist is that I think the Rangers want Hartford to be better this year. And Hartford could legitimately have a shot at making the playoffs in the AHL. The Rangers are obviously a lost cause at this point. So what are you really getting out of putting a guy like Lindquist or Meskinen, aside from NHL experience on the fourth line, you're not putting them in a position to succeed. You know what I mean? You got to see what you have in them first. And I get it. They're coming from professional leagues. That's great. But AHL is going to be a big transition for both of them. And I think we need to see that before we see anything else. Because if everything goes right for them, they're not fourth-line players. Even at their best, they're not fourth-line players. If they make it to the NHL, at their worst, they're going to be depth guys. And that's going to be third-line guys. So, did you want to answer your own question, Michael, as to what your fourth line would be? 
No, not it, not at all. Okay, you're a son of a bitch. Uh, next question, Michael Silvers. Do any of you guys find it at all curious that there has not been a peep, not that I'm aware of anyway, out of Vigneault since his official statement following his dismissal? It's been five months. It is I'm going to let you tackle that one, Mike. Yeah, it is interesting that he hasn't gotten any uh, any calls, but, you know, sometimes a coach... The other thing to remember is he just got plenty of money. Um, I'm sure if another... It's going to have to be the scenario of the right opportunity is going to have to open up for him to find his next landing spot. It's not something he's going to want to rush into. Um, and he's not in a position likely where he needs to do that. So I'm not terribly surprised. Um, he is still he's still a desirable coach for a lot of teams. Shana, do you have a thought on this? I agree. He's also he's still a desirable coach for teams, <clears throat> especially like a veteran team. Uh, I guess it's not the. I'm surprised more teams didn't give him a look this off season, just because like he's an established name and all that. But there also weren't as many vacancies that needed a coach and that didn't uh, like you had Barry Trotz out and available. Obviously, he would get picked first. You look at the fact that he won a Stanley Cup, and that's all anyone is, you know, that right there is your advantage to so many people. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Ottawa fired their coach midway through the season. I mean, you look at the mess there, but just in terms of coaching, last year when they assembled their staff, everyone had roles. They switched them mid-year, switched them again at the end of the year, and actually fired one of the assistants, and I guess it's like Gibouche's last shot. But I could see them going for him, and if they keep a lot of the group that they have and don't end up trading guys like Duchesne and Stone and Carlson actually try to go for it, you know, they're veteran players, and maybe that would fit. But, yeah, I guess until more vacancies open up, we won't hear anything, which isn't the worst thing for a coach. I mean, after you get fired, sometimes it is good to, like, sit back and reflect like uh, Tortorella did. I think uh, I read it that Tortorella and Sullivan, like, tracked goals and scoring chances when they were both out of jobs and just tried to learn as much as they could that they didn't see when they were behind a bench. So good opportunity for him to do that. The whole thing about Vigneault has been bizarre from everything from like the final statement that he made to the media unprovoked to just his, this entire ideology of, uh, you know, the Rangers strongest thing is me behind the bench. Um, I, I would have thought that teams would have went for him, even from an assistant role. But like Mike said, he's getting paid by the Rangers. So uh, I think it's in his best interest not to take any assistant jobs and just soak up that sweet, sweet Rangers cash and move forward. And after the way that he walked out the door, I, I think if you're Vigneault, you just you don't say anything. You just let the world pass you by, and next year you throw your hat into the ring for a few things. You make, you know, another four million dollars or whatever it is he's getting paid out on, and that's the end of that. Because, hoof, there's a lot to unpack for a guy who basically threw himself at the wall and nothing stuck. Um, this is a great question, Joe M. Assuming Ranger the dog is allowed inside the locker room, who does he gravitate towards most often, aside from Bushnevich? Also, who on the team most likely doesn't care for dogs? I'm gonna think he's gonna gravitate towards Zuccarello before everybody. I think that's an easy answer. No, I'm with you. I feel like Zook's the that's a good choice, the natural pick. Who wouldn't like a dog though on that team? But also, the ones who would like a dog, I feel like you should have also put in Kreider. I feel like he's someone that's, like, big, and dogs would be 
into that. And also a lot of dogs like ears and he has short hair, which is a thing, you know. He seems like someone that would like get down and play with the dog. Well, I would hope they would all play with the dog. Especially I would hope so too, but you know. I can't think of anybody that I wouldn't that would not be a dog guy. Jimmy VC looks like he's scared all the time. Is there anyone that's allergic to dogs? Because that would, you know, definitely help. Jimmy VC looks like he has allergies. Not that we would know about, though. <laughs> We're only speculating at this point. Um, boy, I can't. I'm not even... trying to be mean, but Jimmy VC looks sickly to me. He looks too pale. I'm not sure he's getting enough soup. I'm very pale, so. See, I would you think Nemestikov. Okay. We have porcelain isn't a dog skin. Guy. Who's we? Uh, I grouped myself in with Jimmy VC. I said, he, I'm pale too. And then I said, you know, us pale people, we just have porcelain skin. Mm, more cheating. Um, oh my god, that is not cheating. I can't think of anybody that I would outright be like, no, that's definitely not a dog person. Who's not a dog person? What type of an animal isn't a dog person? I'm trying to think of what players, like, do we know, like, have dogs, don't have dogs, and the players that, like... Like, we know Hank and Stahl, like, dogs, they did those walks with Tortorella. For his charity thing, Derek Stepan. Derek Stepan loves dogs. He loves dogs. Shattenkirk has a dog. Has, uh, of course, Shatty does. I don't know. Well, that's a great. DJ. He's, he seems really like like. Uh, neat. I think he would play with a dog. Maybe sure he'd want to own a dog. Maybe Nemestikov. I see Nemestikov as being a little skittish around dogs. If you're, like, not around dogs often, though, like, you just become that. Like, I was always that way. I think Cody McLeod would, would roll around on the floor with a dog the most. Oh, 100%. He, he's he'd the most be likely like, to bite a dog. Mm, this is a different question. <laughs> uh, Joe, we failed you. We only answered a half of your question. I apologize. Ben Gallier? Gallier? I'm going to go with Gallier. Top UFA to chase next July or earlier via trade. Carlson, Sagan, Panarin, Stone. And secondly, is there any possible scenario where the Rangers could start next year with two of those four on the opening night roster? So it looks like Sagan is going to be re-signed. At least all indications seem to be that him and Dallas are at least coming toward some type of an agreement. Stone, I would be shocked if he stayed in Ottawa. Um, The word around the street is that Panarin is coming to New York. Carlson may be traded, may not be traded. Who knows? I would say you're not going to see two of them, but you are going to see Panarin. Shana, throwing you on the spot on this one. Um, I think the one the Rangers would be most likely to invest in and actually trade for would be Panarin because I think he fits their needs the best. He's an elite winger, and they need the winger depth, and he's the one that seems to want to come to New York as well, so that would be a big thing. But Are you trading for him? I could see them trading for him because I, I think Columbus is smart, their front office, that they don't want to just trade him at the deadline unless they're confident they're going to get him extended to that new team if it's a sign and trade or just in general that it's not just a rental so they can up the price on him. You don't want it that you're trading him for less. I mean, then you, you risk getting nothing for him, but... I would I would assume, and I think Mike agrees with me on this, just because we spoke about it at length at the forum, that Columbus is going to get more from a contending team to rent Panarin than they are from the Rangers at this point. Um, I do see Panarin as a New York Ranger. I don't see it coming as a result of a trade because there's just there's too many balls up in the air. And more importantly, why should the Rangers give up assets for a guy that they think is going to come to them at the end of the year for free? 
Uh, Unless to, they hear that a team's going to sign and trade, though, because that that like stops everything that maybe they think about it. Because I mean, do you although, th- honestly think that they would trade for any of the others? No, I don't. I don't. Abs- I don't think they would at all. But I will say that in eleven days, and actually from you listening to this, because we're posting this on the fifth, that no, oh, my timing was actually off. It's not eleven days. It's nine days. September thirteenth. He's out. He's not signing or discussing anything with anybody. So Columbus has a week, basically, from now to make that happen. And if it doesn't happen, then, you know, they're trading him as a rental anyway. But I do think they could get significantly more for him at the trade deadline than they would right now, especially from the Rangers. Mike, do you have an opinion on this? Rangers have 5.7 in cap space right meow. And then at the end of the season, they'll have another 9.6. Meow. Seven five, meow. That's a lot of monies. It might be enough for two. Definitely do Panarin. I always thought Mark Mark Stone's ears connect to his head in a weird way. That's not a judgment of who he is as a person. But I, I look at ears first. That's how I judge people. I'm not proud of it, but his ears stand out to me as potentially a problem with aerodynamics. All right, I'm not factors. even going to touch that one. I don't even know how to. I don't have the podcast hosting skills to deal with talking, that. You son of a bitch! Um, I'm trying to punch up the show. I don't know. There, there's going to be plenty of room, and Panarin, I think, is the uh, the, run, the clear runaway choice of the guy you want to get. And like I said, there's going to be so much cap space. If the Rangers want to entertain that idea, sure. But I also think it's not necessarily a good idea to have this whole rebuild mentality and then to invest like what it would be look like like 18 million dollars in two free agent signings like it's going to feel a little too similar to that Drury Gomez summer um so yeah there's no reason to to kind of just because all that Scrooge McDuck money is there we don't have to throw it all out I think you know Panarin and Stone are frankly both young enough where they can be a part of the solution um, but I feel like Panarin is the the guy you throw everything in the kitchen the kitchen sink at, and then maybe you know you could find another guy out there who's cheaper because everyone's talking about the same couple guys, but there are there are going to be other guys out there. There's you know, other guys who could potentially be a part of that transition period. You know, um, guys, you know, like uh, who's someone that comes to mind is like Pacioretty. He'll be thirty at the end of next season, I think. So, yeah. Where did that saying come from? Everything in the kitchen sink. Why would you throw the kitchen sink at anything? Why not? Because the food that's in it is gross and old and thrown out. Why do you have food in your kitchen sink? Don't you rinse your dish when you put it into the sink? Well, yeah, but there's still like food remnants that come into the sink. That's why you have a garbage disposal. I I don't have a garbage disposal disposal either. We're not not living on on Hollywood Boulevard over there, Michael. I don't really like those anyway. sound fancier than I am. Uh, I used to have one in an apartment complex that my wife and I lived in, and it was disgusting. It would smell. You would have to drop like mm. these things called plinks into them. It was very bizarre. Um, Tom Ertz Jr. asks the question that'll be Dude, a good question. Fifty bucks, we can get a garbage disposal. We can live the high life. I want one. Are the three of us going to split one? It's Where does it stay? From Home Depot. Do we rotate? Yeah, we'll rotate it. Mm, okay. Waste King Legend, folks. Well, like, uh, waste, King. By waste King Legend. Waste Series King Legends come to us for sponsorship opportunities on the podcast. You guys, it's continuous feed garbage disposal. Holy shit. You can just feed this thing. I don't even know what that means. You just keep throwing stuff just inside of it? All day. 
Um, Tom Ertz Jr. with a question that we can end with. What is the one thing each of you are most looking forward to for next season? My friendship with Shayna. Shayna, you have something hurtful that you want to say? <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm just I'm smiling from ear to ear. I mean, are we talking Rangers related or not? I guess it could be anything at this point. All right, I'm going to go with two. I am very excited to see... Um, I'm trying to think of what my like most wow, excited really, Rangers related thing. I realized that I was like, no, the other thing of. is the other thing. No, no, no. But for Rangers things, I'm really excited to see this team with like a new coach. Like that is very big for me. I know like some people don't feel like coaches do that much, and maybe it's not. But I think that this team has had the same coach for years. It has been the same problems for years. They could have been fixed a million times. It would have helped things, tweaks, adjustments, anything. I think this year. Almost a fully new coaching staff. It's going to make such like such a difference, or at least it should, just to see how players develop and how they're deployed, how they're used. If Hank is is facing a million shots a night and wants to scream at everyone in his team in front of him, like that is something that is very exciting for me, and I can't wait to see players reach their potential and we see different dimensions of their game and them being better defensively and creating more than just a quality chance and then being buried in their own zone in their own zone their own zone zone that happened which i feel like if a month into the season like they don't adjust to the system quick enough people are gonna be like oh my god this sucks this coach is terrible we gotta give it time and we have time because we're rebuilding so and the other thing that is non-rangers related is a project that is being worked on a secret project that i'm very excited about with someone else my best friend in this room and we're going to have it for the season. And we're both very excited. Very excited. I know what the secret Not that is. I know who that is. I know what the secret is. And I could ruin it, but I won't because I love both of you too much. Um, my favorite Rangers thing is going to be for Buchnevich to shut y'all up. That's what it's going to be. Drop the mic. I'm excited for that. Um, also, Ranger puppy. Yep. I want to watch that puppy grow up. Also, Hedl. Those are my things. Also, I've seen like this notion that Hank is a bad teammate and that he throws tantrums is like catching fire from the morons no. of this community. Nope. Um, uh, nope. Just, I don't want to hear that. Do I do not want to hear that. Coach Henrik is a wonderful thing that we all needed to get through last season. And if he does it again this year, I'm going to catch every single one and post the hell out of them with my adoration because it's a wonderful thing that he is communicating with his teammates who definitely need the communication because they weren't getting it from their coach. Sorry. Well, it's just like you, you, you need a guy to care. You have a guy that cares, and then you're going you're gonna to kick him out the door? If all Hank did was hang his head and go stay in net while he's getting bombarded on a team that allowed more scoring chances and more shots than any other team, people would say he's too soft, he, he doesn't have the will. They would find a reason to complain no matter what. He's a star yep. player. They want to put something on his shoulders. They can't resist the urge not to. And so it, no, it could be anything. If Hank had like, if he had fun dip before every game, people would be like, oh, it's the sugar. It's throwing him off. You should be, you should be doing Pop Rocks or something. Like it, it would be one thing or another. It just happens to be that people are like, oh, he's, he's yelling at his teammates. He's not a good teammate. Everything we've ever heard from every player who's played with Henrik is that no one cares more. No one takes it more seriously. No one's more dedicated. What, what, what more do you want from a guy in a locker room? 
He's the he's the best goalie of his generation. He's a million years old and he's still good. He's he's fine. And also, we have seen him his entire career, and we've seen that he doesn't even want to be spoken to on game day. For him to be speaking throughout games and breaking that fo- well, I wouldn't say it's breaking his focus, but you know, to do something that he would never do before to communicate with his teammates and explain that you you can't play in front of me that way or we need to be better or whatever the case it is, that is so significant that they weren't getting it where they should have. And you never saw reactions like that from Lundqvist before. So before anyone says anything, consider... If Messier was doing it, we'd all be clapping. Well, yeah, I just love that all the people who are talking about how the game has become soft and like it's all about skill now and they have a problem with the fact that it's about skill are the same people that are mad. They're like triggered by the fact that... Henrik Lundqvist says mean things to players who suck in front of him. So just be careful about where you're getting your Rangers information from, folks. Um, Alex Gardner, Alexander Ricard, Armael Kistner, Andre Chicagoff, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Chris B., Chris Habibi, Dan Carosi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Grumpy Smokey, Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, John Reppy, Keith Franchillo, Matt Bader, Guy from Montana, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, and Zachary Zetlin. Thank you all for donating. Patreon.com slash Blue Sharp Banter. Do you hear the sweet, sweet, smooth audio that you're getting right now? You're getting that because of the Patreon donations. So if you are donating, thank you. If you're not, you're mooching off everybody else, and that's ridiculous. Um, again, thank you for everybody who listened to the forum last week and who showed up to the forum last week. A big thank you to Super Mean Cheating Shayna for actually coming onto the podcast this week and having a good time with us. I still love you, even though you're mean I to me. I still love you, too, just um, now. And we'll do this more. And her and Mike do have a super crazy secret thing that is going to be awesome. That's so just be ready for that, too. Uh, I am a whale. And this has been 114 minutes of Rangers content with literally nothing. Next week, has we'll it been 114 or has it been an hour and 14 minutes? It's been an hour and 14. Yeah, not 100. Oh, not here we go. Um, I'm going to get yelled at anyway, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, anyway, because if you didn't say anything, I, I mean, people are still going to... We have to edit you. It. Everyone uh, knows it. No, I don't edit. I leave it out there for the world, for the masses. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Sorry for the little bit of audio um, echoing that was going on. And uh, we will see you tell next me, week with some... you love or hate Mike's trivia showdown. Hoedown. It was great. I really, I really you- loved it. I think it would have been a nice thing if it was sanctioned by some type of a governing body that wasn't okay. correct. Why don't you write a CBA? We'll all sign off on it, and there we go. We have that for Wiffleball and Badminton. We have a full thing, and everyone had to sign off on it. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs>